Go, aka Patters, we're talking about one of my favorites and a lot of memories here too. My God, Tim Burton, one of the uh, maybe, maybe I mean like it's him and Wolfgang Peterson when it comes to who makes the best studio films with their own flair. Uh, Wolfgang, uh, you know, like maybe we'll we'll get into a little bit of that comparison. But hey, welcome to the show. I'm I'm AKA Pad Peter A. DeLuca, your host of AKA Pad's Audio Audacity Podcast, and we're racing towards episode 500. And I say racing because we're trying to get to episode 500 by the time the 31 Days of Dread start, which is October 1st, and that's you know one horror movie a day for the entire month of October. It's a grind. It's like six years deep, but I freaking love it. And we're, what, what we're doing here, going to episode 500, is some of you are asking if these are my top like 10 filmmakers, like the top 10 guys I ever like. I feel like are, are in the game or were in the game. They're not. Uh, uh, I'm just going into careers that, that fascinate me. Michael Bay fascinates me. Our previous fella. Paul Thomas Anderson, nothing but fascinates me. Michael Bay, uh, with, with his big budgetness and his his uh, overall execution, uh, the, the guy commands an army for his films. Paul Thomas Anderson is the the other side of that coin. Limited uh, cast, limited sets, uh, small ideas, big emotion. You know, like the contrast of the two uh, does help us understand what happens in film and I think educates us and makes us a better audience member because we have to be good audience members for these movies. I got a lot of memories with Michael Bay movies as I did with Paul Thomas and our next dude, our Disney animator, as as the lore and the mythology likes likes to dictate is Tim Burton. Tim Burton came up through The Fox and the Hound. I don't know if you, you're familiar with that Disney animated classic. At one time, Fox and the Hound was like when you were doing the Disney Vault VHS stuff. Stuff uh, Fox and the Hound was one of the ones. It was a, the classics line. It was always available with Dumbo, also uh, related uh, to, to Tim Burton. We'll get into that shortly. But it's uh, Tim Burton's time at Disney it's Fox and the Hound and the Black Cauldron, where he was a concept designer. Black Cauldron is is somewhat, uh, people very fascinated with that movie, with what was cut out, because they, they're convinced it's a more violent, darker movie. But it, but in, and, and I went through it all. The scenes and the shots that were cut out of Black Cauldron, uh, they, they don't make much of a difference. So there we go. Now, let's jump into, we're, we're just going to go through the Wikipedia, 1984 Frankenweenie. This is one of his creations. This is a, an idea that Disney owns, short film. Now, from that short film, we get into my childhood. I mean, I literally grew up going to the theater watching Tim Burton movies. 1985, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. This was like a like a birthday party. We fucking loved this movie. We saw it on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon, that that sort of thing. We loved this movie. When Pee-wee's Big Adventure hit VHS, it, it never stopped. It never stopped playing in my household. 1988. This might be one of the most mainstream abstract movies of all time. Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton. The design work alone. And we have the music now. Danny Elfman, the collaboration of Danny Elfman and Tim Burton 
Danny Elfman doing the the music were two films in already. Memorable, memorable work for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We go into Beetlejuice, but now we become like he's becoming. Three years later, he's becoming Danny Elfman. And from that collaboration with Michael Keaton, we go into what I mean. We just have to be honest. 1989, Tim Burton's third film. He has yet to reach these heights. The Batman. Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, Robert Wall. We know we know this movie. We know about the marketing. We this movie really it, it moved the needle. It did everything we wanted to do for superhero movies. But you know there was no superhero movies back then, and and you really had like a two headed dragon for great superhero movies. You had this and the Richard Donner Superman. Danny Elfman's score for this movie too is it's a masterclass. It's it's too good to be true. I I still to this day listen to it all the time. Nineteen ninety, Johnny Depp, Winona the Ryder, Ed, Edward Scissorhands, magical, magical movie. 1992, I remember seeing this with my buddy Scott. We had to go see Batman. His mom took us. When when the only times his mother, Sue, took us to see a movie. And it's like he was asking the stupidest question during this movie. It it drove me nuts. Like questions like uh, when Batman pulls the wall and knocks out the clown in the beginning of the movie. You know. Uh, there's like a brick wall behind the the face of the wall, and he would just make comments about that. Uh, made comments about Catwoman at the end of the movie. Batman Returns is one of the biggest, best experiments in big budget filmmaking. It really is. It goes for the fences. The ending, the Penguins. It's always tough for me to to every time I watch it, I want that to be different. But it's it's incredible. It's incredible outside of all that. The imagery alone is worth it's worth watching. Another great score, Danny Elfman. 1994, here we go. We're back with Johnny Depp. Ed, Ed Wood. Some people say this is his absolute best movie. It's there. Uh, Oscar bait, rock and rolling. Uh, sheds light in a time and era of Hollywood, like a, like a sliver of Hollywood. It is part education and it is there. 1996, now we get the one big first major disappointment. Let's support this with a toy line. Toy line, comics, action figures, trading cards from a trading card. Now, keep in mind, the 1996 Mars Attacks is from a Topps like 1960 trading card set. It might, might have been 1966 or 1964. That's right, big budget movie from a trading card set. Uh, Mars Attacks, luckily and happily, in, in my view, because it's I view it as a fantastic movie. No collaboration with Jack Nicholson, young Jack Black's in this movie. Uh, you know, ensemble cast of Pierce Brosnan, like we're rocking and rolling. People have uh, turned to appreciate and love this movie, and it is well earned. Now we get into 1999. We always land. On 1999, I say this so much, it's a transformative year when it comes to cinema, Hollywood, the studios, but the studios we're doing with, but Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow, Christopher Walken, 
Christina Ricci. It is there. This movie. You know, another Johnny Depp collaboration also. It's like now we're now we're at three movies, two movies with Johnny Depp, three movies already. This is so underrated, so underappreciated. It's a staple of Halloween movies. It's a awesome interpretation of of the legend, and it it does, uh, yeah, like it goes into uh, the seeds of the birth of Sleepy Hollow with the with the with the Hungarian, you know, the uh, the Haitian was he a Haitian soldier, Russian soldier, uh, really cool stuff, great origin with the headless uh, horseman, great violence, lots of snow. It's it's so good. Two thousand and one. Here we go. So a lot of people like to buddy. Mark Wahlberg, Planet of the Apes, with Mars attacks as as Tim Burton's skidding. He's 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 losing his touch, as they like to say. Planet of the Apes, with the level that that movie was hyped, with the expectations, everyone loved the look of the the apes. You know, you got Tim Roth as the uh, he he doesn't play Caesar. I forget what his character name, but. We have the orangutans, the gorillas, the chimpanzees, Mark Wahlberg. People hate the ending of this movie. And I love it. Planet of the Apes, the Timber inversion is there. The action's there. Design work is there. Uh, Hello Bottom Carter 2 is there. 2003, this is what people will argue as. People argue a lot. Big Fish. A lot of people's favorites for Tim Burton. A lot of people, uh, they say this is his best. Uh, Big Fish 2003, it's there. It's there. Uh, amazing movie. Big movie. Now, keep in mind, when I say Tim Burton is a studio filmmaker, he he does his assignments. That I mean, these are just assignments. And they do well enough for him to keep getting work and to control the production and be the guy. But they're also diverse, and there are some also small and personal, but they're also giant and big and $200 million budget. It, it, the balance is there. 2005, another Johnny Depp, another action figure line, lot of hype, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, a more accurate portrayal from the Robert Dahl book. Uh, I like this. I, I love the opening credits. Just reminds me of Edward Scissorhands. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's fun. Uh, it doesn't have the whimsy of the original. I think people wanted that, but the points are there. Like the uh, the point of the story is there in this Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Johnny Depp's performance, like rocking and rolling. Like what else do we want? I put this movie on a lot. People like it. Also in two thousand and five, we have Corpse Bride. Now, Corpse Bride is a follow-up from Nightmare Before Christmas, which is also a Tim Burton property. Henry Salick directed that. He also did a great movie with Brandon Fraser called Monkey Bone. Nightmare Before Christmas is from the idea and concept artwork of Tim Burton. He, Tim Burton is connected to it. Corpse Bride is his movie, though. And look, I've seen Corpse Bride maybe one time in the theater, 2005. Disappointed, never went back. Uh, I do want to revisit, revisit it. 2007, we have what might be my 
second favorite next to the 89 Batman. And I'm just a favorite. And a lot of times when I say favorites is what I like to put on. Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Sweet Street. Another collaboration with Johnny Depp. This movie should have got more accolades. Should have got more attention from the Oscars. Right now, it should be held up as one of the great shot, filmed, conceived, executed musicals on, on film. A lot of times when people do these musicals, like even McGregor from Moulin Rouge and Nicole Kidman, these people learn to sing. They learn it. They learn it. Johnny Depp and Hello Bottom Carter, they're unstoppable. There is a chemistry. There is a want. There is a darkness. There is a desire in these roles. I've seen Sweeney Todd on stage, believe three times. This is as good as, as it's on stage. At the time, uh, I was obsessed with the Angela Lansbury uh, recording. Sweeney Todd, The Demon Bar Barber of Sweet Street, is one of the best musicals ever put onto film. Underrated, underappreciated. 2010, I mean, uh, not too long ago, we were talking about Pinocchio. So, we kind of have to go go to Alice in Wonderland, again, with Johnny Depp and Helen Bottom Carter, and understand where this um, fever of remaking the Disney animated classics comes from. And we are, you know, it also cycles us back to Disney, which is fantastic. Alice in Wonderland gave us this, like, template, this idea. It's the, like, changes, the uh, design work, but the changes that they made within it, and some of these animated remakes with Pinocchio, some of them are on the nose, and some of them drift. Like we have with uh, his upcoming next one, which is his most recent film, the 2019 Dumbo, already down the memory hole. But let's get back to 2012. Alice in Wonderland created a genre as the 1989 Batman created a genre. 2012 uh, movie I saw one time, movie I saw in the theater. I don't even remember who I saw this in the theater with. Dark Shadows, another Giant Depth collaboration. I don't remember anything about Dark Shadows, and this I t we talk about this. We talk about the uh, the requirement, the need, the uh, desire to watch movies more than once. And I've already on this list. I already admitted to seeing The Corpse Bride one time and not remembering it. Seeing Dark Shadows one time, not remembering it. It, it, I just feel like Dark Shadows should be explored. It should be watched. because, And the reason I'm saying this is because people have said it's good. And it makes me more and more curious about Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows is also based on a day, daytime horror soap opera drama that ran, uh, I think it might have run for 10, 15 years, something like that. 2012 also brings us the third of these animated uh Classics, we'll call them. The, the Tim Burton animated trilogy. Frankenweenie, his 1984 short film finally gets a, a big budget like push. Frankenweenie, Course Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas. This is your Tim Burton animated trilogy. Uh, I've never seen Frankenweenie, uh, which is amazing. 
because uh, that's been on my list for a while. Now, you know what? I take it back. I'm not 100% Frankenweenie is live action or not. Like 2014, Big Eyes. Uh, this is based on uh, like an artist. She drew Big Eyes. The husband took all the credit. Uh, I haven't seen this movie. Until I was looking at this list, I didn't know that Big Eyes was a Tim Burton movie. Just completely underneath my radar. And that also goes into 2016, Miss Peregrine's Home of Particular Children. Had no idea about this movie. Had no idea that he directed it completely like off my radar i i gotta i gotta see these movies uh, i feel like i am building a little bit of a tim burton block here where i just catch up on tim burton big eyes miss peregrines corpse bride frank and weenie and here we go the most recent film from this genius film that is uh, already bashed People hated. People uh, said it was horrible. <laughs> I don't know what the, what movie these people watched. 2019 Dumbo. The live action update remake. Colin Farrell is uh, awesome in this movie. This movie's sad. This movie's uh, heartfelt. You know, like all of it. Uh, you feel for Dumbo in this movie as you did with the animated classic. It doesn't have the mouse, but we all need the mouse, right? Dumbo is uh, Danny DeVito. Dumbo is it's fun, but it's it's a little bit uh, hurtful because it, it, he did a good job with bringing in that that sadness. And here we go, and like we're wrapped. <laughs> we're we're it's like it is a little bit disappointing between Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine's Home of Particular Children, and Dumbo. That that uh, you know. It's been 10 years. You know, excuse me. It hasn't really been until 2010 that we got uh, a Tim Burton movie that you can just say, look, uh, watch it. You'll love it. It's great. It's Tim Burton. It's been a while. And I think that does hurt a little bit of his, his legacy. But at the same time, I do feel like audiences will rediscover Dumbo. I'm, I'm trying to rediscover Dark Shadows. Because there is so much, like, um, people just, like I said, they, they they seem to favor that movie. What's next from Tim Burton? Uh, you know, I want more, always. Uh, you know, Beetlejuice is always up for a sequel discussions, that sort of thing. Uh, I would just love Tim Burton to go on, like, one final run before he, he calls it. But his initial arc... The, the 85 Pee-wee's Big Adventure going all the way down to 2010 Alice in Wonderland is it's it's jaw dropping you know like the his variety his interest and his willingness to just work with anyone just to work on the assignment uh, I think we all can learn from that so next episode people 493 we're going to talk and discuss the filmography of of one Ang Lee, who really should have about four Oscars at this point. Uh, he is one of my all-time Oscar snub favorites. He's been robbed so many times, but he, he did get the gold. Let's talk about him, rock and roll.